Hello, welcome to the Ilone Show. I'm your host, John Ilone. In this episode, no regulars, because reasons, as always. As for our guest, he's from Sweden, and he's a consultant in business and change management. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Matt Larson. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really happy to, um, uh, to be on the show, and thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. So, how's life? Ah, it's uh, great. Uh, um, I'm, I have a very interesting uh, job. I, I'm married to um, Bodil, who's, um, uh, we've been married for 35 years, and uh, uh, I have two, two grown-up daughters. It's a great life. Wow, brilliant. And is there anything you're working on at the moment? Yes, yes. I'm working on a new book, um, a follow-up of the previous book, How Building the Future Really Works. Uh, the new book is called uh, The um, Consequences of the Rapid... The, the Economic and Social Consequences of the Rapid, rapid Change to Electric Vehicles. Ah, interesting. And how long have you been working on this for? <laughs> yeah, well, it depends on uh, how you count, because uh, w one way of answering the question would be to say would be to say that uh, uh, I started in uh, 1997. No, no, sorry, uh, 2006 uh, when I uh, w when I wrote did my first project in uh, the, the area of electromobility and I started to investigate the um, uh, amount of resources that will be needed in order to change um, transport systems to um, electric vehicles on a large scale. But another way of, of <laughs> replying would be to say that uh, I started writing the latest book uh, only uh, three months ago. So, um, but I've incorporated everything I've learned since I began in 2006 uh, into the book. So, um, uh, in reality, I think the first answer is more correct. Ah, all right then. Where, where, and where do you see society and the world 20 years from now? Um, yes, um, good question. I see that... Um, uh, but most probably uh, governments have realized by then or before then that uh, it won't be possible to drive the change to electric vehicle at the pace intended right now. And as you know, you know uh, decisions have been made to, um, to ban the sales of petrol and diesel cars from uh, 2035. <laughs> uh, but there is not enough electricity there's not enough uh, power grid capacity there's we can't expand charging infrastructure uh, rapidly enough to make this possible so um, politicians and governments need to realize that we need to adapt the the pace of the change to the um, amount of resources that will be needed and the amount of resources that are, are available so I believe that we have come a lot further in the implementation of um, electric vehicles and that uh, governments have, have 
adapted the, the pace to um, what's realistic in terms of resource needs. Uh, I, I can only mention one of the aspects of, of resource needs um, in order to change all 32 million cars of the UK, um, there, there will be a need for 100 terawatt hours of electricity every year. And that amounts to 30% of the current power generation in the country. So, and, and of course, you know that uh, uh, the power that's generated right, uh, at present, most of it is already uh, used uh, for existing purposes. So changing the entire uh, car fleet to electric vehicles will require uh, a vast expansion of, um, of um, power generation, power grids, etc. And 100 terawatt hours is actually the, the generation of nine nuclear reactors. So it's a really big uh, amount of power that's needed to uh, drive all cars and an increasing share of trucks and buses on electricity. Fabulous. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Wow, uh, that's also a good question. I... <laughs> I'd like to live somewhere warmer. <laughs> um, my wife and I have been dis discussing moving to Spain when we re retire. Um, so that would be a, a possibility. Uh, I used to live for two years. We, we used to live for two years in uh, southern Germany, which was also very nice uh, in the Stuttgart area. But um, actually, I, I'm quite happy where I am and uh, uh, but um, I'd like to <laughs> to actually live somewhere warmer especially this time of year when um, uh, we have some snow here and uh, temperatures are, are around zero uh, or below hmm. nice very good and for your book how building the future really works what are, what are the key points that this book focuses on yeah, it, it focuses on, as I've mentioned, um, the resources that will be needed to change the world to uh, the tran transportation systems to sustainability. But it, it also discusses other changes like the change to autonomous vehicles and the resources that will be needed in order to do that uh, and the change to uh, uh, a circular economy where resources are used over and over again in circular loops um, is also touched upon. And the, one of the main aspects is to compare the present approach uh, to, to change to electric vehicles, uh, to how technology has been developed and how large scale systems have been implemented in the past. Because in the past, very large public investments have been made in the development and implementation of new technologies in the early stages. And research has, has shown that these long-term and large-scale investments are necessary in order for, to um, bring the cost of new technologies down to levels where 
ordinary people and and um, a large share of people in companies can use them. Uh, for example, you know, um, computers were developed at first after the Second World War um, by the US government and uh, the internet was developed a little later uh, as a project by the, uh, the the American organization ARPA as the, the Advanced Projects <clears throat> uh, Agency uh, that was <clears throat> uh, which developed the ARPANET and after that uh, the long after that actually uh, the uh, uh, the internet was was developed based on on those technologies and you know the Apollo program uh, initiated the development of of space technologies and without the Apollo program we wouldn't have GPS and other technologies today that were um, many other technologies and and solutions that are that were that have been developed since the Apollo program and that have been based on the developments uh, that were initiated during this uh, uh, decade of development. So many of the, the technologies in, uh, of the past or actually most of the technologies of the past uh, have been developed largely uh, on government fi financing in combination with uh, private companies uh, co-financing innovation uh, projects. So uh, uh, I describe in the book how uh, present, project, uh, present projects are expected to be run uh, and the present development of, of uh, electric electromobility uh, is expected to, to run autonomously uh, driven by market forces and I compare this to how technology development and, and large-scale implementation has been done in the past in, in um, projects that have been um, largely, largely financed by, uh, by governments uh, in, in the early stages. And actually, these uh, uh, present technologies or existing technologies that, were, <clears throat> that have been developed over decades or half a century, a century in many cases, or more than a century, uh, when we, if we look at the automotive technologies, um, telephony, uh, power, power grids, and so on, they have been uh, developed in partnerships between pub public <clears throat> uh, and private partners, and they have been developed to a large extent uh, also on uh, uh, public financing. And now we expect here to uh, that um, the implementation of electric vehicles will go smoothly. And the only thing that um, governments seem to expect to, to, to have to do is the, uh, to ban the sales of new petrol and diesel cars from 2035 and then everything else will be solved by the market, which is not very realis realistic uh, as these technologies are at a very early stage in their development and they are still very expensive compared to competing technologies, those of uh, petrol and diesel um, propulsion. Yes, absolutely. 
What's the best way to travel? <laughs> uh, the best, I I travel by electric car, uh, mostly. I also have a petrol car because I sometimes need the space and I sometimes need to um, uh, tow um, uh, a trailer. And uh, but, so, um, but of course, when I try when I travel longer distances. I use I go by train uh, if possible. Uh, if it's not possible, I sometimes fly. Uh, I try to fly as little as possible. But when I, of course, when I when I need to go longer distances, or when I go to from uh, southern Sweden to uh, Poland or to um, other countries across the Baltic Sea, um, I need I need to fly as well because it. It simply takes too much time to uh, uh, to go by uh, by car. Ah, uh, yes, I can see that. Or if train. Your... Ah, okay, yes, interesting. If your life was a meal, what kind of meal would it be? <laughs> uh, that's yeah. I sometimes I, I I like a steak a lot, but I also like fish. <laughs> so I don't know how to compare my life to a meal, but it would be to some extent quite elaborately uh, cooked meal. I think one of the the dishes um, cooked by Gordon Ramsay or uh, some other um, star chef, but uh, aspects of it would also be like uh, a straightforward hamburger. Um, I, I love curries, uh, actually. Um, Indian food uh, is my favorite of all, but I don't think I could compa compare my life to uh, uh, an Indian curry, uh, but I, I like spicy spicy dishes. Fabulous. What is something popular now, but in five years, everyone will look back on it and be embarrassed they liked it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, the. Um, I hope that uh, that the the uh, expectation that the market will um, uh, automatically change transportation systems to electric vehicles <clears throat> will um, uh, will be something people look back upon and say I'm embarrassed that I actually thought this would be realistic <clears throat> and that we have been <clears throat> um, too naive in expecting the market to be able to do this uh, the market has is not able to um, develop specific results it has never like in 1950 or 1960, <clears throat> uh, you wouldn't be, no one at that time would be have been able to um, say how transportation systems would look 20 years from then or how, how space technologies or space travel systems would, would look. Um, 
the market has has created the present solutions based on the um, the cost effic efficiency of um, of the different technologies and at the pace that have been really has been realistic um, depending on the investments needed <laughs> the number of the the, the different um, uh, companies and and government organizations and individuals that had to uh, uh, to participate and the expectation that the market will be able to uh, to drive this development uh, and create a very specific result in terms of, of total change to electric vehicles uh, in only two decades. Uh, I think people will look back at, at that uh, notion and think that, oh, we were not uh, probably uh, uh, too naive to to think to have thought this, and I'm a little embarrassed, uh, or very embarrassed, per perhaps uh, some would say, uh, that I actually thought this would be possible. Yeah, absolutely. If someone wrote a book about you, what do you think its title would be? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'd actually like to collaborate with someone who'd uh, Who'd, uh, who'd like to write a book about me? Uh, because I've I've done this now for um, uh, almost twenty years. I've I've explored the um, uh, development of new technologies and the implementation of new technologies uh, for since nineteen ninety seven when when we wrote the first book, uh, which was about the future of of <clears throat> e business and. At that time in 1997, when we wrote the book and it was published in 1998, um, I'd, uh, we said that in the future, e-business uh, companies will do uh, business on the internet. And very, very few people at that time believed that this would happen. They couldn't see that there were advantages to, to making uh, to, to doing business on the internet. And then from 2005, 2006, I started to uh, explore the um, uh, resources that will be needed to change the world's transportation systems to electromobility. So I think I've, I've done a few things that would be interesting to, um, to write a book about. Um, I don't, I, I'd leave the, um, the setting of the title to um, to the author actually because I I think uh, it it could include uh, words like visionary it could include words like um, whistleblower uh, it could include the word um, uh, Multi-talented, perhaps I don't know. Uh, it's uh, but but I don't know exactly what the title would be. Hmm, that's all right. There's always time for everything. Yes. What what weird food combinations do you really enjoy? Uh, yeah, the, going back to Indian food, that's my absolute uh, favorite, and. <clears throat> Um, as I recall, you're in Manchester, 
right? Yes. Yes. I I love to go uh, in Manchester to um um I don't recall the name of the street but uh, the street where you where there are uh, 20 25 Indian restaurants and and I can select any uh, Indian meal I like. So uh, that's uh, well that's one of my favorite uh, places in, in the world. But anytime I go to, um, to the UK, uh, I especially enjoy the um, um, opportunity to have Indian meals. Uh, we do have a lot of Indian restaurants here in Sweden as well, uh, but I feel the variety is bigger in places like Manchester, Birmingham or London. Um, I've never been to India, but uh, I'd, I think I'd enjoy the food there as well a lot, um, a lot because uh, it must be be um, wonderful to um, to get uh, these meals from uh, uh, the real uh, the, the chefs that, that really know how to cook them. Mm, yes, absolutely. If you could travel back in time, what decade would you want to live in? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, I. I think I was born in a quite at a at a quite good point in history in the 1960s uh, when there were a lot of opportunity and we'd been um, past the big wars of the early 20th century. Uh, we'd been past the uh, the hardship um, experienced by uh, my parents, um, our parents, my parents' generation and so on. I, I think uh, the 1950s, the 1960s was a very good time to be born. And I think I've been fortunate in uh, being allowed to um, uh, experience the development over these uh, past decades. Yes, me too. What natural landmark would you like to see someday? Well, I, I met a, a person uh, in the UK once who had um, he had made he was one of the first persons I met who'd made which was not then called a bucket list, but he, he had set a, set a goal for himself to uh, to see the various landmarks, the roof of the world, and and so on in in the Himalayas and um, all that, and many other things. Uh, Machu Picchu would be nice. Um, it it would be really interesting. I haven't spent so much time going to these um, exceptional um, places uh, of course I'm not I'm not an athlete or an adventurer in, in that sense uh, but um, and I've never been able to spend the money necessary to to go to these places but uh, uh, I think some of these like um, Machu Picchu um, uh, what, the, uh what's called the, the the mount rainier no no the no, the presidents uh the four presidents uh in uh, the united states um 
Grand Canyon would be nice as well. Um, so there are, are a number of, of, of uh, sites in the, the United States I'd like to go to. And uh, yeah, all over the world, there are places that are, are really wonderful, I, I expect. And I haven't, to be, I haven't been to very many of them. So um, that's still a lot for me to uh, explore. Fabulous. If you're, if you're going on a road trip, what two items do you make sure to bring with you? My mobile phone, of course. Um, books. I, I, I never like to be without a book. Um, I, lo I love to read and uh, experience new things in that way. <clears throat> um, whenever I go on a trip, I like to go to Indian restaurants, but I, I don't bring them with me in, in that sense. But uh, uh, that's something my wife and I um, usually do when we're um, we're traveling. We uh, we visit Indian restaurants. Uh, I've been to Indian restaurants in in Washington, uh, Berlin, and different places in the UK, and and um, well, a lot of other other places, of course. <clears throat> Yeah, here in Sweden as well. Uh, so, so, um, <clears throat> um, but there are not so many special things that I I need to bring. I, if I forget something, I can always uh, buy it on the way. I think, but I, I try. I, I pack a suitcase, uh, some shirts, some some trousers, and a few pairs of shoes. Uh, I, I usually go. I usually bring my jogging shoes and my my uh, jogging gear as well because I I love to uh, to um, run <clears throat> uh, wherever I am and and to experience new places that way. Mm. All right then. If you could host a talk show, who would you have on as your first guest? <laughs> yeah, that's. Who would that be? <clears throat> I'd, I have, <laughs> you know, I've tried to influence uh, leaders uh, over the past twenty years and and get them to uh, uh, understand that we need to uh, set the change to um, electric vehicles on a realistic uh, time frame. <clears throat> so I, I'd, I'd like to invite. Perhaps the the chairman of the EU uh, EU Commission, um, Rishi Sunak, um, so, or some other uh, high level politician who who needs to understand that uh, we can't change to electric vehicles this as rapidly as governments expect today, um, because. It will do a lot of damage to the um, econ economy, uh, and so we need to set it set, set this change on um, a realistic time frame. And I ask him a number of questions during the talk show, but I take the opportunity uh, before and afterwards to um, uh, try to discuss my uh, favorite topics. Yes, absolutely. What song is stuck in your head for the last week or month or so? <laughs> I usually have songs 
<clears throat> stuck in my head. <clears throat> Usually they're not my favorite songs, um, however, and I can't recall most of them, but I'd love to have, uh, I try to have Rolling Stones songs or, um, well, Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd is a great song I'd like to have stuck in my head. Um, there are so many. Uh, we've been listening a little to um, to uh, 70s rock uh, over the Christmas holiday, um, Slade, <clears throat> um, and and their, uh, their songs. Which uh, what my wife and I listened a lot to um, in our when we were, we were young. Um, so there are many songs from from the nineteen uh, late nineteen sixties, early nineteen seventies that I think are uh, the best in the world. Fabulous. Where where was the furthest point on earth? From where were you were born? The farthest point on Earth, I think, <clears throat> it must be somewhere in the um, Indian Ocean, or perhaps the Pacific. Um, I was born in southern Sweden, so uh, um, when when I was a, when I was a kid, we we used to say that if we dig through the uh, the um, uh, the Earth, we get to China, <clears throat> but we we soon realized that um, that's not true. We come out somewhere in <clears throat> in the middle of the Pacific or or the Indian Ocean, and uh, um, I don't recall exactly where it is, but somewhere something like that. Okay, I can see that kind of. And that is all we have for this episode. It's great having you on, Matt, talking about consulting and business and change management and as well as and talks with electric vehicles and sustainability for the future. It's been great. Thank you very much for um, inviting me and uh, I really enjoyed uh, visit, uh, being a guest on the show. Me too. And until next time, stay tuned for more. <laughs>